Hello. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Corporate Cowboys podcast. My name is Alex, your host as always. Today is Sunday, family, the Lord's Day. A little proof of life for you. It's April 2nd, 2023, right? And we find ourselves together here once again because you chose to continue listening. You tapped in with us. You selected this episode to listen to. You've walked in to my office asking for a little bit of my time. You want 30 minutes? You got 30 minutes for free. If you're not familiar with the form of this podcast, I treat it as a cathartic therapy session of sorts and it's geared it's 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 it, yeah it's geared towards professional development it's oriented towards attaining consummate professionalism that state of being a consummate professional right now if you want actual career consulting professional consulting corporate career strategy you need little perspective from a corporate cowboy, then you can reach out to us. Our rates are more than reasonable. You can find us on Instagram, that's at Corporate Cowboys with a Z, on Patreon, where the Corporate Cowboys podcast, and there are multiple tiers you can subscribe to to keep this podcast free. And it also goes towards business expenses and legal fees, right? That being said, I do have to give a disclaimer, and this time I'm going to give it to you up front. Anything, anything that we convey across this podcast should not be construed as legal advice. We do not condone any wrongful activity. We do not promote any wrongdoing. Sure, we might address it. We might touch on it in discussion, but it's not meant for you to... uh, take it upon yourself and and with the belief that what what we say is what you should do right a lot of these questions are hypotheticals we don't have the hypothetical client in front of us to be able to better inform our opinion we can't ask follow-up questions we can't interview them for real in-depth contextual information so what you hear And if it fits, if the shoe fits, shit, you might be able to lace it up. But that doesn't mean it fits. It could be loose fitting, tight fitting. If you need, if we need added context, typically we would go to the client for that and we would ask, right? So again, you need help. Someone you know in your circle needs help strategizing their next move through corporate. Have them hit us up. We'd love to help. Today's question comes from r slash career guidance and they've flared it for advice. So they're actively seeking advice. I mean, this may or may not be a, uh, what's it called? An opinion piece because they're actually asking for advice and I will do my best. The body on this one looks relatively long. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking that they've supplied adequate facts to be able to inform a somewhat decent opinion, a somewhat decent, uh, yeah, a somewhat decent opinion. I'm not going to use the word advice because nothing that we say here, 
I'm not even going to play with the word legal advice because we're not your representatives and until you've actually retained us, we ain't really doing a whole lot for you other than giving you a free time of day, free gems, just general knowledge for the most part, general knowledge. Every now and then we might dig a little deeper, give you an inside look on how it is that we consult with our clients. So the question asks, why do companies hire and then fire me? <laughs> what? Are they just questioning the business cycle? If someone came into my office and asked me, Alex, why is it that when I go and apply for a job, they hire me and then they fire me? I would tell them it's called churn. It's called turnover, right? They see you're not a fit and uh, typically, a lot of companies will have what's called a probationary period, right? So they'll hire you, but it's more for like a trial, a trial of like one to three months. I've seen it be the standard. Rarely does it go beyond that, like a six month probationary period, unless it's something uh, really technical, something really grueling, then I don't see a probationary period extending out past three months. Now, as to why they are hiring you and then firing you, I mean, is this past the probationary period? It, did they just decide that you weren't a good fit for them? Were you at any point told that they're letting you go for a specific reason? I mean, in, in the industry, we call it for cause, right? In practice, it's called being terminated for cause. And they may or may not have had adequate cause, but in order to find whether or not you have a case for wrongful termination, I mean, we'd need to know facts, right? We'd need to dig into the details a little bit and get to know some about your background, about your circumstances, your situation before you parted ways with this company, right? Now, I'll go ahead and start because this is a relatively long one and I may or may not get through it. You know how, how it goes. I will pause every now and then, give some commentary, maybe make some uh, inferences that I may be able to justify, right? Because we don't have every angle uh, in front of us. Having the hypothetical client here to ask follow-up questions would serve us a ton towards crafting a detail and informed opinion. But because we have to do without, then the best we can do is to make a reasonable, educated inferences, as we like to call them in practice, right? They say, or they start with, I'm a student. I'm a student. In the past, I got hired for two positions, the first, a bookkeeper for a law firm, and the second, a financial processing assistant. Okay, so just off of that sentence, off of that paragraph, it sounds like our hypothetical client has a background in finance, a background in accounting and bookkeeping. So it sounds like they have some experience counting beans, right? If they know how to keep books, then they're probably... Um, also well-versed in data entry and maybe, I would say, have working knowledge of spreadsheets and accounting tables, right? Continuing, they say, I got fired within a few weeks. Damn, from both of them? 
from both the bookkeeping and the financial processing, both of them got fired within a few weeks. Okay, well, that's not really saying much because they're not giving us context behind uh, those decisions, whether or not they were let in, whether or not they were made privy to those decisions and what the reason was for being let go. We don't know, but hopefully they give us added detail. They say here, both companies hired two people for the same position. My coworker is always a lot older than me. They will have a master's or plenty of certificates and tons of accounting experience. And then there's me with little to no accounting experience in the real world, 21 years old and have an advanced diploma in accounting, getting my degree soon. Mm, okay, so they don't really have have a degree and they say they're getting an advanced or they have they have an advanced diploma in accounting i don't know if they offer those in public education here in the united states and if they do more than likely it's something regional it's something that only very few jurisdictions offer i myself have not heard of such a program of such a certification program that'll give you an advanced diploma specifically for accounting. I know a lot of public education here in the United States is geared toward general education. It's just meant to make you uh, uh, an entry-level worker, an entry-level employee. And then from there, based on what it is you want to specialize in, based on what expertise it is you want, then you should go and seek, right? That's where folks make the decision to continue in higher education, go to college, attend university. And more, more often now, right, because it's 2023, more often now, folks are sold on this dream of going to college, of going to attend university without having an actual plan, not knowing what specific technical knowledge it is that they seek. Why? Because counselors, for the most part, and academic advisors aren't really there to help you get what you want, right? They're, they're there to help you move through the process. They're there to help process you, right? So if you really think that these liberal arts institutions, these liberal arts degrees are just being handed out like candy, more often than not, and in this case, I will say, more often than not, it's not even what the student wants to know. It's not even what the student wants to learn. Very few of them are actually able to market it after the fact, after they graduate. These degrees are necessarily unmarketable, right? But because they get pressured, because they get persuaded and convinced that the next step after high school is to go and get your uh, AA degree and a transfer degree, go attend a four-year institution. I mean, they get pressured into going to higher ed and taking on loans. And then they get saddled with this debt that they can't come up out from under, not even with bankruptcy, right? And we've, we've addressed that issue before with Alex. So they say here, they continue, I just don't get it. Was I not good enough? Was I that bad? They knew I was a student with zero experience. Why did they hire me? 
I did all the work. It took me some time, but I would always complete my work. I wrote at least a hundred notes. And then my employer for the bookkeeper job would tell me to, quote, take better notes. But she would talk so incredibly fast and watch me like a hawk. Damn. I mean, it may be because, I mean, they're not even really in the labor force, right? They're still a student, so they're not, I mean, they, they might be if they, do, if they are doing a good job of balancing their work and school schedule. If they're going to school part-time, then they have the time to work a full-time job, right? I've seen folks do that. For the most part, students are going to be full-time for the most part, which is why part-time programs tend to have less students in them. And those that are going to school part-time, they tend to have a job outside, at least a part-time, if not a full-time job, right? They're paying their way. They have bills to pay. They might have a family to feed. I get it, understandably. But if you are going to school full-time, how much attention, how much time and energy can you take from your studies, which I presume you ought to be interested in and look forward to getting the degree, getting the certification from it, how much time can you divest from your academic programming in order to work for somebody else, right? That was a decision that I myself had to make as a full-time student. Sure, I might do some side gigs, right? Either on the payroll or off of it when I was in school, but for the most part, I made the conscious decision, the conscious choice, not to work while I went to school. Granted, granted, I was taking on loans, added loans, but that's an investment in yourself. If you know you can hustle, if you know you can make moves and can market the degree that you will graduate with, then it's not all that bad. But it's unfortunate. A lot of students go through school and graduate not having done any market research on their employment prospects, on the prospects of even landing a job to start paying off their fucking loans. So again, they're saddled with debt. They've got a bullshit degree that they really can't use and so they're stuck, right? But if you're working full-time, you may or may not have, have the bandwidth to keep a job, which is why internships or externships are pretty popular in higher education. And then typically a job offer comes at the end of it when you're close to graduation. And that way you can start when you graduate and make money while you work. But, I mean, you're in school and you're getting paid for a job, the job is going to expect a certain degree of dedication that you may or may not be able to commit to if you're going to school full time. So, so, faced with two decisions, if you were 
hired on at the same time with another individual who's who's well well into developing themselves professionally well into uh, paving their career forward they have experience certificates and they have the knowledge they have the um, the time the commitment the dedication available to them to boot fam of course they're going to go with the one who has the time with the one who's who's has the higher likelihood of making a career of this bookkeeping slash accounting position because that individual obviously is not you they're done with their schooling they may have to attend you know, continued uh, learning educational courses, some CLE or CLA, right? But that's further down the line. It sounds like these older individuals, more experienced individuals, know what they're doing. If anything, if anything, knowing and understanding, recognizing the disadvantage, and it is a disadvantage now, right? But that's only because you don't know. It's only because you lack in certain areas. Be it knowledge, be it experience, be it availability. This is an opportunity actually to network with that other older individual. Ask them what their pathway looks like. Whether or not it's similar to yours, you can compare and contrast and find whether there's some opportunity to you for you to enhance and augment your decision making going into accounting and bookkeeping right otherwise you're going to walk away from every one of these uh engagements every one of these uh employment uh yeah employment engagements i guess you're going to walk away sour so they say <clears throat> They continue about this boss, actually. She wouldn't let me sit at my desk and do my work. She'd make me sit at her desk, and then she would just watch me do the work. She would breathe over my neck. It was extremely uncomfortable and nerve-wracking. Okay. I feel so bummed out. I'm not skipping over it. I'll come back and address it. They continue. I feel so bummed out, and now... I don't feel good enough. I'm honestly traumatized and I'm so scared that I'll never find a decent job in my field. I can't even talk to anyone about this because I feel so embarrassed. I asked both employers what I had done wrong. Both said it wasn't my fault and that they saw how hardworking I was. I would go home and study my office material as well. They said that it's because I'm a student and still learning. So why did you hire me? Okay, it, it sounds like uh, they have a little uh, what's this? What's the what's the term called? Spite? Is it spite? Is it rancor? I think the term is called. It's it's like they regret even having applied, right? 
What they don't realize now, and it may be because they're new to the field, they're new to this accounting industry, they're new to the labor market, to the labor force, is that when you're new, when you're new and you have little to no experience, having been hired on with another candidate, essentially it will be a competition again. Again, this overarching theme of business being war. And it's a delicate balance. It's a dance of working with your colleagues and also competing with them. The ultimate objective is to be able to work together to improve one another. Steel sharpening steel. Am I right? That's some corporate cowboy shit. But if you don't know how to navigate these social interactions, these professional relationships, you will have a hard time adjusting. You will think it's personal. You will think they're out to get you. You'll think they hate you. You'll think, why the fuck did they even hire me? I'm new, I'm a student. Did they not see, I, I mean, maybe this is self-effacing uh, or self-deprecation, but you're already putting yourself in a lower strata. You're thinking, don't they see I'm a newbie piece of shit? Why did they even hire me? Don't think like that, fam. I would urge you not to think like that. You're, you're diminishing the value you do have just because someone that you worked with, obviously, I mean, maybe not even that obvious, they're just telling us they're older. They're telling us to have these certificates and these degrees. But there are a ton of older people who don't know shit. There are a ton of people who have degrees and don't know fucking shit. Right? But you're already putting yourself in that category. You're, you're, you're self-selecting not to be hired on or not to be kept on. Why? Because... Someone has a fucking degree or some uh, uh, accreditation over you? It's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Now, it's apparent that they have good intentions. They're taking notes. They're doing the work. They got the work done. They're completing it. Even if they had to do it in front of the manager, right? Having the manager micromanage you. I mean, if the manager has nothing else to do, nothing else going for them on the job. Well, shit, if they have you working at their desk and they are watching you work, that's added opportunity to be asking them questions, not just about your job in particular, but to open them up, to soften them up, massage information, massage credit, some type of favorability, some type of favor from them. They will see that you're not only hardworking, but they'll see that you're interested. You have a deep interest, not only in the industry of accounting and bookkeeping, but in the organization for which you are doing this accounting and bookkeeping for. And they'll see it. They'll see not only the reliability, but some loyalty. And that goes a long way. This other second client with all the certificates and degrees they might possess, maybe they don't give a fuck about the business. 
They're just there to collect the check. So you play your cards right and this other candidate plays their own hand. It'll be the managers and the supervisors. And it really is the managers and supervisors who evaluate your performance, who assess whether or not you are worthy of keeping on. Sometimes it's not, even, it's not even about what it is you know, but whether or not they can depend on you, whether or not they, they see a sense of loyalty, a sense of duty from you for the company. I mean, you give me two people, two individuals, one with moderate technical knowledge Maybe a little above average, right? I mean, we're talking competitive here. So one a little above average. They're a newbie. They don't have much experience. You give me another who has a ton of experience, a lot of background, certification, and degrees. You know who I'm going to keep on after a certain trial period? A couple of months of probation, one month or two months, I'm going to keep the one who I think is coachable, who I think I can train, who I think I can orient, who I think I can help develop into someone of substance, and who I think will remain loyal throughout that, who can take constructive criticism and feedback and internalize it integrate it, incorporate it into their work, into their professional development. <laughs> what you think I want? Some, some fucking nerd? Even if they had a identic or photographic memory, if I, can't, if I can't teach them anything, even if it's how to socialize or how to close or how to initiate contact with somebody, if they must be right always, if they're neurotic, narcissistic about the need to be right, the need to have power over people. I'm not hiring that motherfucker. Male or female, I could give two shits about how many A's they got in school, how many degrees they got under their belt, what certifications they might have. It might be something, uh, something specialized, something that I might require for my business. I'll wait my turn. Or I definitely wouldn't hire them on. I might just contract with them, make it a very, something very limited engagement. Which might also be the reason why this older, 40-year-old or 50-year-old candidate is applying to a new job. On the same level as a fucking newbie, a, 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 a duckling, fresh out the egg, just hatched. No experience. What the fuck is, is a, a renowned, reputable expert doing applying for the same job you are applying to? You have to assess that. You have to think that through. What are they, are they dropping the ball and fumbling the bag? In a situation like this, I might recommend the hypothetical client not stick around, but keep tabs. I mean, while you were there, I do hope that you uh, 
were able to start and develop and maintain some professional relationships, folks that you could uh, bring into your network and maybe take down their contact information, their phone number, their email, or LinkedIn, right? And if you have to come back, have to keep tabs, have to follow up with them in the future, you don't know. Maybe this other older candidate didn't work out. And again, I, I, I tell you, it's because the managers didn't see loyalty coming from them. They saw someone showing up for the check. And now you know how much those degrees and certifications were actually worth. <laughs> I'm not even done with the question here. Apologies. I'm just went off on a tangent there. But I'm telling you, this is as cathartic for me as it is educational for you. I hope. So let me, let me finish this out. I got a couple of minutes, but I'll wrap this up. Read it through, give you one last uh, bit of commentary. They say, I was thinking, I was thinking, they write, of getting my degree in human resource management upon completing my advanced diploma. I thought you said you already had it. Whatever. Since I really enjoyed the courses I took for it, the human resources courses. Maybe accounting isn't for me. I'm so distraught. You shouldn't be. You're new. You're a student. What you think because you uh, move over to human resources, your accounting experience now is going to translate over? No, you're going to start with zero experience in human resources and it's back to square one. How old are you? Uh, do you leave an age? Don't leave an age. Okay, well, you don't leave an age. It is what it is. Um... You, get, you have to understand if you're entering, if you are entering a, the workforce, you're entering it as a newbie, as a novice, unless you have the experience and education and technical knowledge and know-how to back up whatever it is the position you are applying for, whatever it is you're negotiating for, compensation, salary, title, whatnot. They say... Uh, after I'm so distraught, they say, uh, cried as I wrote this all, if you can't tell. Who the fuck cares? <laughs> I don't mean to be a dick. They're not my client yet, so I don't have to counsel, counsel them, right? But as a hypothetical client, I should let them know, reality check, you're a student. You're a student now. Until you actually begin your career and take steps towards establishing your career and i'm talking like a couple of years under your belt right will you actually be able to say you're a, a, an accountant a financial processing assistant a financial processor right not just an assistant but actually somebody in the trenches doing this facilitating it so they write i cried as i wrote this all if you can't tell and they have like a little a sad emoji. Oh, that's too bad. Edit. Oh, they provide some edits. I would also like to point out that my coworkers for the same position were both 30 through 40 years old. Keep in mind, I'm 21. You're a baby, bro, or fam. You're a baby. 
what are you doing worried about this, right? I'm telling you, these 30 or 40 year old cats, if they haven't established themselves by now, then they might also be working on it, but they could have an issue, which makes them unretainable, makes them hard to keep on the team, right? Which again is a is prime opportunity, prime opportunity real estate for you to uh, to sneak in, to slide in, and keep those individuals at these companies, keep tabs on them, keep contact with them, because the manager who at one point was overseeing every little bit and piece of work that you were doing. Shit, they told you you were hardworking, right? And they just didn't keep you on because the decision came down to experience and education and, and time in the field. Nice. Okay, well, if this other candidate, 30 through 40 years old, if that happens to fall through, who do you think they might want to call next? Someone who was with them through this process? Someone who's also been trained on policies and procedures in the office who they won't have to uh, rehire and re-onboard and reorient as if from step one, right? But these type of connections, I have a number of them. I have a number of them personally. Now, obviously, as I've progressed through my career, I've advanced and, and moved upward socially, right? That upward social mobility everybody speaks so highly of. I've moved upward in a sense. So if I ever have to go back to one of these positions, it's because I burned some heavy bridges and had to take one or two steps back to rebuild myself up. Gratefully, I'm not there, right? So. You won't find me there, I think, anytime soon either. I'm not, I mean, I've reached the place where I'm not going to say I'm untouchable, but I'm also uh, not hiding. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty open to, I'm pretty inviting to have folks try and, and touch us. <laughs> but that's some corporate cowboy shit for another episode. Another edit here, they write, I also want to mention... I wasn't allowed to work at my own pace. I was expected to do everything fast in my bookkeeping position. If I hesitated at all, she would tell me I'm not fast enough. Working fast eventually caused me to become dizzy. I would be organizing about 30 hands on checks and receipts all at once and she expected it to be done fast. This resulted in my head spinning. I couldn't even sit down to drink water at times. She even asked me at one point, if I were able to pick up my pace, it was crazy because after a whole day of my head spinning at work, I would go home and study more work. It was so draining. I had worked so fast. Well, you live and you learn. That's, that's lived experience. Whether or not that's uh, an office pace, a tempo that you look forward to work in, I mean... It's going to differ from office to office and place to place, right? I did work at one such, uh, for one such company where when I was 
being trained to move up into management. Um, I had uh, one of the uh, corporate managers actually come in to supervise me, and they they would uh, they would leave me right where in a position typically there were two individuals working the position. They would leave me by myself just for the sake of evaluating whether or not it was manager material, but leaving me by myself during some of the busiest periods, right? And they would just stand there at the threshold of the door, the doorway, letting me know that I'm working too slow, telling me to pick up the pace. Alex, can you work faster? Alex, pick up the pace. Alex, don't you see the, the movement in the, in the building, in the business, pick up the pace, right? Long story short, I got the promotion. But it lets you know some of the hoops that folks set up out there. And again, I was young. I was also about 21. At that point, at that point in my life, I was hungry. So I couldn't bitch too much. Head spinning, head spinning my fucking ass. I was working 10, 12 hours at times. But, but... I did it out of hunger because I was a hungry motherfucker. Now, it's difficult. It's hard. But if you have the choice, if you have the option to look for another place of employment, to take the knowledge you have now and transfer it over to another office that's more easier going. I mean, you're in the workforce now, right? Is that not what you wanted? Continue applying. Keep that resume polished. Always highlight the education and experience that you do have and align them with the professional objectives you currently keep. You see, what folks want to see is commitment, dedication, conviction to your work and you producing quality. I'm going to leave you right here. Have yourselves a great week. I'll catch you next time.